take everyone you love and write them down. You might not want to tell all of them, because that would weird some people out. But let them know you care somehow. Thank you. Bombadil. Let's get to it, then. Today, for the next ten minutes or so, you are me. You are me on Thursday evening. The sun is setting in a town filled with people who just want life to be normal. You are sitting in a hallway outside of your friend's apartment. You're eating pizza with your wife and your best friend. The three of you sit and wait for the last of your quartet to come along for a night of joy and simple delights. Let's get to it, then. It wasn't long before the four of us were once again together. We scooped ourselves and our pizza up off the wooden floor and entered into the place we had called home at least once during the week so far. As we ate our gradually cooling pizza and talked, the world seemed to stop spinning. A performance of art and magic was displayed, and I took a thousand photos and wrote a thousand words. I sat on the couch with my wife and just watched the world frozen with the sheer joy and beauty of the moment. The music that played eased the passage as everything slowly started back up. The perpetual twilight came to a close, and night brought with it a great ocean of dreams, none of which could rival the place I had just departed from. We woke lazily and picked ourselves up just to see more of what the town had to offer. A rose garden held explosions of color and quizzical names for flowers, all placed around a magnificent tree. If I were to become a ghost in that town, I would live in those branches, just lay about the perpetually perfumed breeze and imagine the taste of cherries as they blossomed and grew from my new home. I don't think I'll ever deserve a statue, but if I do, make sure I face a tree. Our next stop was another riverside park, this one featuring soft rolling fields filled with geese and a footbridge big enough for a couple on bikes to ride side by side and cross the river comfortably. We met a few dogs and walked barefoot in the grass. When we got to the bridge, I dropped a red leaf down the blue-green waters and watched it until it was carried out of sight. We took more pictures of us as the river whipped a cool breeze through our hair. The summer sun was out and the grass, trees, and river did their best to keep us in good condition. A few of us made an attempt to, we'll say, scare some of the geese. It didn't go so well. We hit a few stores and did a bit of shopping for this and that, mostly gifts, toys, and snacks. Then we headed back in, back to the place that is our home for this last Friday. Right now, I'm on a rug, typing up my favorite bits and pieces of our journey so far. One of us is back out in this town doing her job. One of us is asleep on the rug next to me. One of us is napping away the afternoon on the couch my feet are propped up against. I'm breathing it all in. I am here. That was the majority of what I wrote that last Friday. The last Friday. And yet, the weekend continued. Right there in that same room, we ate gyros and drank experimental caffeinated beverages and listened to even more music. We read beautifully illustrated books about death and more art was etched into the world. Again, I watched and sank deep into the world around me. After the sun had set, we wandered back to the home where we had sat around a fire a few nights past. We drank wine and cider and celebrated my wife's birthday. The instigation of the trip, her birthday, was this, the last Friday. Cake was cut and shared, and the world was, for the last moment, perfect. Then the drinks kept coming. Stories were shared, and, well, let's just say that I had, and perhaps shared, a bit too much. Self is for sure in the where and when, and while I've been told that emotions aren't inherently selfish, I have a hard time parsing that last one after these events. Let's just say I made a scene and embarrassed myself, and for a good long moment thought I had dashed the whole experience to pieces. 
I have described the inner workings of my brain as a museum where all of the display pieces are made of Lego. Every memory, thought, feeling, dream, and experience are structures built by myself and those around me. This means that they are taken down from time to time and enjoyed or added to. The events of that last Friday had me running through my own brain with arms held wide, windmilling the contents of myself into pieces. I was, for a moment, broken. And still very inebriated. Every time I tried to pick up a piece, it fell further into ruin. I could only breathe, and I'm bad at that. We caught a taxi ride home with a delightfully awkward old lady who proceeded to tell us her 20-year history as a taxi driver. My brain was scattered, though, and I caught only a part of it. Between bouncing from taxi stories, my dire need to find a bathroom, and the downward spiral of my mental state, I was a grab bag of chaos and anguish. Morning came with the mental thunder of, yes, yes, you did that. Yes, you messed up in a profound way. But life has to continue. As much as my body wanted me to crawl entirely into the toilet and flush myself out to sea, I had to open up and communicate and bathe in Advil. A few words can easily tear down an empire, but you can't talk something into existence. The road ahead is long and nobody knows where it ends, but shared words, well-meant shared words on that Saturday were the first real steps back to my human existence. We packed the car and grabbed breakfast at the downstairs cafe. We didn't want to say goodbye, but we had to. One final idiot check to make sure we didn't forget anything, followed by hugs, and our trip was underway. We had one final detour for our trip in mind, and despite me having dashed much of myself against the rocks, happiness and normalcy are wants everyone has. So we headed south back into California, but this time towards the Avenue of the Giants. The road was long, but well worth it. Redwood trees are massive, awesome things, and a whole forest of them is like something out of a fairy tale. We stopped a few times along the route to get out and really experience their size and majesty up close. During one stop in particular, we went for a brief hike up a stream and into a place where vines and moss had covered nearly everything. Had I come a day or two earlier, I would have liked to bury myself in that bed of green and never leave. The way the sun cut through the trees and spilled in streams of gold down around us made me want to sort out my head. Seeing the beauty, but being so numb to much of it, hurt. Those trees, those smells, the lights and sounds, the people. It was all perfect and I felt out of place. Happiness was creeping in, however, which was a great help because the next leg of the journey was the roughest one for me, both physically and mentally. It is a very long drive from where we started to where we ended. Usually stopping at random diners is one of my favorite parts of a vacation, but during these end times, nothing is open save for Taco Bell, so I hurt myself in that way. I'm not usually a self-destructive person, but sometimes your only option is so processed your body doesn't know what to do with it. Still, there were a few moments of joy sprinkled into the mess of that rough ride. We crossed a very large bridge, 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 and watched a late-night moon rise over a misty city. We sang along quietly to the music that kept us alive, and eventually made it to our last sleep before home. It was a rough sleep for me. I didn't have the alcohol to dull the mind like I did the night before, and considering my environment, my head was reeling. The last time I was in that bed, I slept better than I can remember in years. This time, I was trying to rebuild the custom Lego sets that depict the beauty of my friendships without a manual while the room was on fire. Also, the tacos didn't help. I eked out of the bed and was going to go on an early morning walk by the beach alone, but I wasn't the only one awake. 
so I caught a tag-along and we made our way down to the marina. The morning was fog-gray perfect. The smell of the sea and its many sounds slowly cut away the fatigue from yesterday. The two of us talked and walked and I got my feet into the ocean. We went for a sit along a rocky outcropping when my battle with the sea began. There are two words of advice that I receive a lot. Chris, don't. I have been at the end of these words more times than a vampire could count, but I am set in my strange ways. My best friend's text message noise sound was her saying those words to me, but when she said them to me right there on those rocks, the Chris don't immediately followed my glasses right into the ocean. The water was calm to the point there were paddleboarders not a stone's throw away, and the water was little more than knee-deep where they had fallen, so I went in after them. I had to, right? I didn't have to, but I tried. As soon as my feet were in the water, the ocean came for me. The waves welled up and did their best to throw me against the rocks. I looked up and saw the fear on my friend's face and watched her start the descent after me, and I shot up out of there faster than I had jumped in. The glasses were gone, and I was soaked. I had gone in up past my knees, the thing I said I wouldn't do. I'm sorry, I'm always bad at listening. Despite my loss and my cut-up hands and feet from the rocks, I did my best to put on a smile. It was a great facsimile of my life at the moment. So I smiled and laughed and kept walking. The thing that I had to do to be fine was move forward. It was a perfect morning. Even though I was soaked, I wasn't cold. We walked down to the beach proper, a place with fewer chances for disaster. We walked a long time in the mist, picking up ocean glass and bits of trash. It's a fun story if you cut your foot on a seashell. It's a bad story if you do it on some beach trash. We returned various creatures to the sea and took pictures of the strange things that washed up in the sand. The sun started to cut through the fog and the morning turned from gray to gold. We turned around back towards the house and towards coffee. It was in the process of texting food plans when my phone disappeared. I've never lost a phone in all of my years of keeping one handy, but somehow, right there, with the thing practically in my hand, it vanished. With it, I had lost two years of photos and notes. My memories, my feelings were all gone, either stolen by a greedy opportunist or swept out to sea. The ocean was really trying to get me that morning. After a long, fruitless search, we headed up to the house. I had to explain to my wife my losing battle with the ocean, which went understandably poorly. We ate an amazing breakfast prepared for us by a childhood superhero, my best friend's mom, and said our final farewells. As we set our sights on home, the bright blue sky seemed more vibrant than I remember. It seemed to be saying, it can be done better. Maybe it was seeing the sky from rock bottom, or maybe the blue light reducing lenses from my glasses had changed my perspective. Either way, it was a beautiful color. It was a long final leg, but we eventually found our front door, and then it was over. Sorry for being vague about the events there on the last Friday. This is a personal account, but it is hardly a private one. Just know that I'm doing better. I made an appointment and got set up with an online counselor, and I think that will help tremendously. In the meantime, I've been focusing on rebuilding all those Lego sets to the best of my ability. I should have new glasses by the time this comes out, and I was able to put a phone in my pocket the day after I got back. Things are tough. Life is tough. But it's about learning and growing, and as it turns out, the best way to do that is to be honest with yourself. It can be done better.